stop living small. Raise yeah. the bar and go for it. This is the time where innovation is your best friend. And never just hang on the bar. Always look up. Always look up. Um, I'm just going to say live big. Stop living small. And I, I know it sounds kind of like um, not everybody has the courage to do it, but I believe everybody can. There's like more multimillionaires being made right now in our society because of the problem that presented itself, which is COVID. Right. The innovative brains are making world-changing changes. And so I absolutely would tell everybody, okay, it's fine for you to catch your breath. Everybody's just sucking wind here. Like, what just happened? <laughs> I get it. But don't stay there long. Don't stay there long. Go for the next one. Go for the next one. Gotta go. This is episode number 205 with Sherry B. Matthews. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the American Sippets Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Dave Brown. I'm here with my co-host, Barbara Allen, and we have another awesome show for you here today. Our guest is Sherry B. Matthews. She is the founder and CEO uh, of the Austin, Texas-based company, Healing Comfort. Uh, she built this company to solve a problem faced by breast cancer patients who undergo mastectomies. Sherry actually discovered this problem when she herself underwent the procedure and experienced extreme discomfort with the abrasiveness of the regular apparel she had to wear and the difficulty securing the tubes and the drains that accompany such a surgery. But innovation is what Sherry does, and she's been innovating and solving problems her entire life, from her career at IBM to special projects for NASA to building uh, companies and applying her drive to reimagine normal and make it better. And in this episode, Sherry brings her infectious energy with her as she shares insight and in overcoming adversity, the potential for everyone to create a side hustle, the power of innovation, and her own experiences of innovating to adapt to challenges. So without further ado, here is Sherry B. Matthews with Barbara Allen. You're listening to the American Snippets Podcast. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of American Snippets. I'm your co-host, Barb Allen. Very, very excited to be sitting down here today with Sherry Matthews, who I stumbled across on Clubhouse, first learning how to use that app. I'd love to hear from people who are getting involved and getting started and growing on that app. That's a whole other show. But, you know, in the world of the unknowns, if you just persevere, you find little gems and you learn how to grow them. And Sherry is a gem that I found. Uh, Sherry, I'm so happy to have the opportunity to sit down and really connect with you in person and bring your story, your innovative mindset and your perseverance, passionate purpose, path, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> to our audience today. Thanks so much for taking the time to sit down with us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm just taking a picture of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot to do that earlier too, so I'll catch up and do it while you're talking. Uh, listen, let's get right into it. You've done a lot of great things, and I'm imagining that most people focus on one of the, the things that you've done almost outshines the others in some ways because it impacts so many people on a cause that so many people can connect with. And that's the apparel you develop for breast cancer survivors. I definitely want to get into that. Before we do, 
Take us back a little bit to, I mean, how does a 22-year-old walk into IBM and not freeze on the spot? And not only not freeze on the spot, but meet this unique challenge you are given and flip it into the launch of a career. Let's share that story, please. Okay. So, yeah, no, I, I was frozen. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> my walk. But that's okay because I actually converted that fear into excitement. I had to actually guide myself that, see, I'm a downhill skier. We jump off a cliff into snowballs, right? So when you're standing there at the top of the mountain, ready to go, you feel fear because it may not turn out okay. <laughs> and um, I would change that fear into excitement. So I absolutely had to use my athletic um, endeavors to guide me through that fear during that type of uh, experience. So what happened is there's multiple tests. Um, they're very good. IBM was extremely good at finding the fit. So lots of testing to find out where my potential fit would be. And I walked into a room. Um, it was my final test. I didn't know it was my final test. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it is just a sea of men. And they're all like MIT professors. They're all like really super brainiacs. And I was told to put out my hand and they put a stapler in my hand. And I said, oh my gosh, what's this for? And he said, you have exactly one minute to reinvent, innovate the stapler. And my brain immediately went to, how do you fix something that's not broken? Which is, I think, where everybody kind of goes into the, uh, going through the motions of life. And you may have a kind of a slight idea, but you're like, well, nah, it still works. So I'm okay. What my mission now is, is to share my story to energize people taking action. So I'm holding a stapler and literally 20 seconds is frozen in fear. I'm going to fail. I'm not going to get in my position inside of IBM that I wanted to be in research and development and innovation tank. And then I started thinking, oh, what can I do to it? How can I make it better? And those are simple questions, but they change your brain thoughts from fear. It's not broken. I can't fix something that's not broken into what can I do? That's my big takeaway. Always ask yourself, well, what can you do? So I remember back in the day, this is 100 years ago, <laughs> that the, the office managers used to staple all our papers. And you'd hear them going down the hall, ba-bomb, ba-bomb, ba-bomb. I was in line getting a salad one day, and I heard one of the office managers saying, oh, my hand hurts so much from pounding this stapler. Oh, look at my hand. Now, it wasn't my person I was with, so I'm thinking I'm just kind of eavesdropping. That came back flash. I grabbed a coaster off of the big table. I put it on top of the skinny stapler. Mm -hmm. And I said, increase the surface area so it's more gentle for people's hands. And I did it within my minute. And I got the, what's called a polite golf clap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because they're, they're kind of like, well, you didn't get a hole in one, but you did all right. All right. And then all of a sudden I got a big hooray, you're in. That's so awesome. the, the thing, the takeaway really is don't think you only can fix things that are completely broken. Open up your mind into thinking, making things better all the time. 
So that's my stapler story. And that got <laughs> me into reverse engineering projects for NASA. So I always say, thank you, stapler story. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, stapler story. Yep. That's the next thing I wanted to hit on, but, but pull some lessons and go a little bit deeper into those takeaways and apply those to, you know, that whole stapler story, how people today, especially I think today, you know, we're a year into the time that everybody's lives was flipped upside down, we're flipped upside down, you know, businesses are closed and people are really feeling the fallout of COVID in so many different ways. But in terms of, let's start with professionally, maybe someone now is like, okay, you know, I figured out a way, I'm paying my bills, I got this here or there, like I'm okay, and just kind of hanging on, right? And they're they're figuring, well, I'm better off than a lot of people who aren't hanging on, so I'm just going to stay here for a minute and, and hope that that goes okay, right? What are some things that you would say to somebody who's just in that, I'm just going to hang on and hope nothing else goes wrong, and I'm just going to skate through until things open up and you know, not really push themselves to, to take another leap or try something to, to go a step further instead of just hanging on to where they are. Stop living small, raise the bar and go for it. This is the time where innovation is your best friend and never just hang on the bar. Always look up, always look up. Um, I'm just going to say live big. Stop living small. And I know it sounds kind of like um, not everybody has the courage to do it, but I believe everybody can. There's like more multimillionaires being made right now in our society because of the problem that presented itself, which is COVID. Right. The innovative brains are making world-changing changes. And so I absolutely would tell everybody, okay, it's fine for you to catch your breath. Everybody's just sucking wind here. Like what just happened? (laughs) I get it, but don't stay there long. Don't stay there long. Go for the next one. Go for the next one. Gotta go. Yes. I love that. And I mean, I guess a lot of people are happy, like right where they are and they're just, you know, they have no desire to go further. Um, I think they do. You know, yeah. Given permission. I do believe they do. I believe it. It's just like a child doesn't even know they can do yet another thing. Um, I think they need to be told and and have examples. And I think then they go, oh, that applies to me. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting concept. I know when we started, you know, we struck out on the path that we struck out. And a lot of people looking at me like, you're doing what? You know, you're doing what? So did you get paid to speak yet? Well, it doesn't work. If you didn't get paid to speak in the first month, you know, it didn't work. You know, looking for reasons to point out, <laughs> uh, validate, I think, to themselves, like, ah, well, you know, it's a good thing I didn't try it because she's a month in and she's still, you know, figuring her her path out, right? So I think what you just said about finding examples of people that have done it and go and, and all, I think that goes hand in hand with blocking out all the other people who are sort of laughing at you and hoping you fail, not even, not even so much because they don't like you, but because they don't want to face that in their own world. Like, well, if she succeeds, you know, if she fails, then that's proof that I made the right decision, you know? Yeah. Um, And that's, that gets back down to um, Michael Jordan being cut from the basketball team. How a high school cut, he's not good enough. Can you imagine that coach probably never lives that down? (laughs) Edison, Edison, how many fails? Yeah. How Abraham Lincoln, how many fails? 
Yeah. And you know what? In your flip book, which we were just talking about before we recorded, I love that you show all those examples. There was the Play-Doh and there was there were a couple of different examples of the things that started out as one way and left the, you know, Slinky was, Slinky was a big mistake. <laughs> a huge multi-million dollar mistake that all children played with. Sand Spurs was from a man yeah. in Scotland taking his dog for a walk. And instead of just grumbling about the sand spurs stuck in the dog, he's like, what makes these so sticky? See, just get out of the normal thinking and say, why? Just be like a child. A child will do that. They're yeah. like, I hate these stickers. What's wrong? Why do they do this? Adults don't. They stop playing in their minds. They're like yeah. stupid stickers and they take them <laughs> off. And but that's the end of it. Dead brain, dead brain. Functional fixedness. Yeah. Um, yeah we're we're sure. stuck stuck in and that. Wayne Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky tells us that you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yep. So, yeah. so what, who cares if what people, those people are always, I call them anchors. And, and really this is my, this is my right. thing. I put my hand up physically and I say, yeah, you're not my people. It's simple for me. It's like, you're not my people. You're not encouraging and uplifting. I don't care if I fail 20 times. I am going to fit. I am going to win 21 on my 21st try. I'll tell you what, just never give up. Just keep swinging for the fences. Just do it. I love that. And your life has certainly been an example of that. Um, and you took that next tier up from IBM. You just, you mentioned a minute ago that you moved into working for NASA reverse engineering. <laughs> In IBM, yeah, in IBM, I had special projects. Because working of, with NASA, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So how does that happen? It happens by going for it and not being afraid. <laughs> this and, is like and, a theme of your life. You know, when you pop, I popped on your Instagram page, I'm like, man, this woman, you're just out there. Like every minute you're just doing, I love it. You just have such a joy of life and you can see your present, everything you do. And already in the first six minutes, You've said that probably a dozen times. I love it. So sorry to interrupt, but go Not ahead because it just struck it strikes me. I love I love the energy. Carry on. Sharon Lecter puts it all nice and clean. She says, "Why not?" Yeah. I mean, yeah. really, why not? This is your dance on the earth. Enjoy it. Try. I never want to be that person saying I was so afraid to try to bring that product to the market. I didn't want rejection. I don't want people. You know, they're not my people. I don't listen to them. I go for the real uh, super achievers and not not necessarily only successful ones, the ones who just won't give up. Guess what? They will be the winners. Yeah. I have yeah. a friend um, who who started the similar thing. You know, she would meet someone and, and in five minutes, she'd be like, yeah, we're not going to be friends. Like my she people. just... <laughs> We're not going to be friends. And it's the same thing. And it sounds cold, but once you get real clear in what you want and you understand that some people are going to look at you that way and say, yeah, you're not my people. And you just don't take it personally. It's almost like a favor when somebody says to me, you're not my people. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, um, move on, you know, at least, at least I'm not going to waste time down that path. Right. So, yeah. So working on the project for NASA, you took the chance, you went out there. What, what is it that you did with, for, for them? I reverse engineered um, the first four megabit chip to go into the space shuttle program, which was a big uh, miracle at the time because we had one megabit chip that we would inter um, interconnect to make four megabit chips. And we had a four megabit chip on the size of your thumbnail. 
And as you can see now, we have like gigahertz. I mean, it's crazy what we have right now, but um, that was a big, big deal. It took 14 hours of nonstop grinding away to try to figure out their bit fail maps and their failure rate of a competitor. And so I'm a big reverse engineer. And so even when we were talking about earlier about um, finding role models, reverse engineer everything. In fact, before I even became an entrepreneur, I reverse engineered how do, how do people fail? Why does 93% fail in three years? So I made a big list of um, why people fail before I started being an entrepreneur. What were some of those things you found out? Well, some of them, honestly, I'm just going to say money, a lack of knowledge of money, a lack of um, vision of the end goal, like Napoleon Hill uh, really encourages to have the vision of what does it feel like at the end? Where are you trying to go? What's the trophy you're, you're chasing? So go from that end, right? Even though it's going to change and morph and and grow and uh, change like that. But what does it feel like when you've reached your goal? Where is your end game? And go backwards. But people don't. They say, look, I got a new thing. Uh, It's in my hand. And you, you too want it. You know, you know, you need this. And, and everybody's like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. There's too many people bombarding my brain on what I'm supposed to do, what I need, what are, all this type of stuff. So go backwards, get some role models. But I made, uh, I think money is a biggie. People don't understand money. They don't understand the energy of money. They don't, they don't build in a, what I call soul pay in their business. What's that? And that is uh, when the money actually isn't there and part of the journeys that your soul is paid in full. So I call it soul pay. So that means there's times when I started my journey with Heal and Comfort, $25 left in the bank. Now, I want to tell you that I started with $1,000 on purpose to have an authentic story on how far can one idea be. So like even if you're a high school or college student or you're 90, my story can encourage literally anybody on the journey. I wanted that authentic story so I never dipped into my own money to save myself. Okay. So money, lack of knowledge of money, lack of team, lack of vision. People have big ideas all the time, or they think they're big ideas and they're like champagne bubbles. They go poop. Right. But there's no substance behind it. How do you like Sharon Lecter says, okay, you're an author. You wrote a book. Great. That's not the end of the game. Build the business around the book to get the book into the people's hands. And Jeff Bezos says it best, in my opinion, is uh, adoption is what's disruptive, not your little gizmo. Okay, it's adoption. If you don't have people adopt to your idea and need your solution, you have zero business. Love it. Um, Everything you're saying is so funny that you're talking about reverse engineering. Like I literally just had this conversation right before I hopped on about reverse engineering masterminds if you can't get into or you're not sure what's a mastermind to join, um, you can't afford it at this moment, like you can reverse engineer your proximity, your life to you know take the mastermind mindset out into life and build it there. And I love that you just said it's like a message that, um, that that's the right path. So let's get into then, you talked about, um, you've touched on it a couple of times, you're the business you built starting with $1,000 and the healing comfort. And this mm-hmm. certainly, you know, it's a really emotional connection that a lot of people make to this. I don't even, I've never had to endure breast cancer myself, um, but 
like everybody I think I know, I know people who have. And so I, I don't know anyone who can't connect on some level. And if it impacts me so profoundly, just knowing two people who are special to me who've gone through that, I can't imagine what it is for somebody who's actually gone through it. So get into that story about, about that path and your whole experience with that and how you turn, I love how you took it and turned it into something so powerful for people. Thank you. I, I'd like to lead up the story on where I got the courage to do something about what something was broken out there. And that was, um, I don't know if you read the, the golf program that my best friend and I started. Yes. Yes. Okay, so, the national so program. Why, the why yeah. that's a good lead into the entrepreneur journey is because <clears throat> um, we uh, saw a problem out there as teachers. After IBM, I went into teaching because it was a noble cause. I wanted to pour into our young people. You cannot have a better investment, in my opinion. And so my best friend came to me and told me um, a certain student is taking golf lessons. I'm like, well, that's good and natural because their father is a world champion, you know, golfer. I said, but what about all kids? Look at look at what basketball, volleyball, soccer has done for children. Why can't we bring golf? into the public school systems and help all children because they're amazing athletes and look how they can get out of their uh, hardship situations and get on, you know, a new future, a new vision. So the really short, we started with our test pilot was 48 students. That's our like a little proof of concept and a long story after of 1,000 doors slammed in our face because I can be Einstein. I can't teach math in the public school system. You cannot just get in. And um, uh, our end goal and our end achievement was we helped reach 10 million underserved community children in public schools. And we're now watching our children go into college. So we taught them right right from uh, kindergarten. So that gave me some juice. And that's the that, first, the first T, right? The first T national, first T national school program. program. What yeah. gave me the juice was how does one idea? Yeah, but what about all kids? How does just a conversation, just an idea, turn into an impact of ten million children? How does that happen? <laughs> I think people of- need to be careful what they say around you because all of a sudden they're going to be like, okay, but in the bet, in the very best way, you know, if you don't want to be challenged, like I would not be throwing out any, Hey, I wonder what ifs around you, unless I was like, all right, let's do it. You know, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. yeah. So 10 million kids, 10 million kids from all those doors closing, getting into the schools is not necessarily uh, easy for, you know, all the political reasons that are are involved. Yeah. With it. Um, and you know, in, in my world, it's so funny when you say people don't understand or the energy of money, because, you know, I had to work really hard to like sort of undo what I was raised in, which is what my parents were raised in was that, you know, this is where we are. This is where we stay. Things like golf, for instance, are for other people. Like even golf was seen as a luxury, right? And so, no, you can't afford golf. And so it would just never have occurred to me so even when you said, let's bring golf in, I was like, oh, well, how do those kids afford that? Like, how do you, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I had the, the things that stick with you. How did you overcome that? Was there, was there sort of an obstacle with people thinking like golf is only, golf isn't for us? Like, what am I going to do with golf? Like golf is. To golf. this day, to this yeah. day, to this day, golf has had a very bad marketing message 
and they only show one type of person playing it. Yes. Yeah. Golf is an athletic endeavor. It's a sport. So when you show people that don't look like what you perceive them, the only golfer should be playing golf, learning the nine core values, the perseverance, the judgment, the honesty, the things that are innately See, in basketball, you can go down the court and the only thing somebody's going to score, the only thing you do is you think about how can I trip him up, <clears throat> take down his hand and not get caught. Yeah. You don't want <laughs> the whistle to blow. So, but your coach yeah. has actually coached that in you. Yeah. Like, get him down, don't let him score, but don't get caught. That's, right. a, that's a programming for young people, right? Golf is, you can be out in the middle of the woods. There's not a soul around and you got stuck in the mud and it took you two turns to get out. You have to claim it on yourself. Your self-governor is, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to have integrity in the sport. So so we love the game of golf for our um, underserved communities because it's a a game changer in their brain. So anyways, so that, that gave me a lot of confidence Okay, so I'm having a great time in life. I get the dreadful phone call Um, and the news. I'm sorry, Mrs. Matthews, but you have been you have uh, breast cancer. Okay, not in my family, organic eater, long distance runner. My husband's a three time Ironman. We eat everything we do. I'm like a a flashing billboard for what to do to never get cancer. Yeah. I think uh, it was pretty shocking. And um, so what I did, uh, and I want to share this, it's kind of not the most fun story, but I want to share this. It took me a long time to to be able to talk about this, but I was diagnosed on my left side and the left side was what was in jeopardy of being removed, okay? I did 48 pages of research from all over the world. This is be your own advocate story. Yeah. And I determined through my research that I had a very big chance of this being a bilateral disease. Now I studied all different countries. What do they do? How do they do? How they did everything. And I literally presented to a board of surgeons and oncologists that I need a, this is back in the day, 20 years ago, double mastectomy, not a single, because I wanted to live. I just wanted to be here. I don't want to deal with cancer again. Okay, no. The answer is no. We don't take off healthy body parts. That's not like if you had a problem in your your right arm, you're not going to take off your left. It doesn't even make sense, right? It does make sense according to my research. Again, the takeaway is be your own advocate. Do not just go in. The sheep led to slaughter. You've got to ask questions. Okay, bottom line, I come out, pathology's done. I had more rampant cancer undiagnosed in my right side than my left. Wow. It was a life-saving measure. This research saved my life. And even the doctor sat down all peaked and said, how did you know? Because uh, I asked why <laughs> and <laughs> where did this come from and why is it? And they, they determined actually that it was environmental tox- toxins. Uh, it wasn't a genetic you know, anyways, that's what they feel that was creating the inflammation that created the, the cancer 
cells. Such so, as what, like chemicals in the yard or perhaps, like um, mold or, or they don't all know? That, all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. So that, anyways, that was the origin because I always wanted to know why. Yeah. So what happened to me is after my double mastectomy, which nobody wants to fight for more surgery of body part removal. Yeah. How long did that take you? I mean, you actually had to go and convince doctors I, to, to win, to amputate your, wow. Other like, side. Yeah. No, like, I know. So it's, as it's, if this is just the whim. Hey, you know, while we're here, like, do you think I, like, like it's, it's the most bizarre thing. I even think about it now. And I'm like, yeah. wow, you know, not a lot of people would advocate for more anyways. So yeah. in, in my situation, the, the real takeaway is because, you know, doctors are awesome and they know what they're doing. It's not their first rodeo, but do, do ask questions, make sure you understand what's happening to your body and your treatment. I mean, it's important. Yeah. Um, so I wake up after double mastectomy and I reach for my lipstick. Actually, I couldn't reach. I had my husband put it in my hand. I'm like, because I wanted to feel like still here. And, um, and then the nurse tried to get me up to get me dressed. And so off we go to go home. And what I brought was what was recommended, which was a, a big loose man's dress shirt, a used dress shirt. And when she tried to get me dressed, it was too much movement for me. And I got sick all over my shirt. And she got mad because guess what? She can't um, discharge me until the doctor see, you know, so like I put us way back. And in her opinion, I put her back in her schedule, right? To get this patient out. And she said, what did you bring this for? And I just said, wow, "Wow." okay, first mastectomy. And why don't you have something Right. For me, so I don't have to guess wrong. And she said, well, we give you safety pins. Uh, what safety pins mean is they hold the medical drains, okay, um, that are sewn into the body to help remove fluids after a big surgery like this. And I said, safety pins? I can't wear safety pins. What? Safety pins is not medical equipment. Yeah. <laughs> then what started making me crazy mad was a sprained elbow receives a sling without even asking. Okay, a sprained elbow receives more equipment than a man or a woman that's literally been butchered. And I I brought the wrong thing. Then I started thinking, you know what? If a man was to lose his man parts in the war against cancer, they'd never say, hey, just bring your wife's big flowy skirt. Right. Okay, because you want something non-binding. So what flipped for me was I don't have my breasts anymore. And I was told to bring my, like my husband's dress shirt. Guess what? That doesn't fit in my brain anymore because I'm already devastated with what's gone on and now what I look like. And so I went home, I shuffled into my um, closet and there was no adaptive clothing. I had nothing in my closet. I either have motorcycle gear, golf gear, <laughs> Chanel, <laughs> Chanel stuff, like flowy, you know, like n- lovely dresses and gowns and everything. nothing, yeah. nothing yeah. for this. So then I, I, um, I, uh, I just decided to create a solution, but the solution that I had in mind was challenging for me because the only subject I ever failed was home ec. Because I stapled things, I stapled my hem to the platzo pants back in the day. <laughs> they look like a big skirt, but they're actually pants. Yeah. But I had to go to a basketball game, so I stapled the hem. 
Okay. So I failed. So I watched Coco Chanel, reverse engineer. I watched Coco Chanel at three times and I learned that you could be a boss of fabric. And so I made my prototype. I said, I want to, I want to start with only like a thousand dollars for this solution because I want to encourage young people or older people, middle, it doesn't matter that you don't have to go, you know, $200,000 in debt, get a VC right off the bat before you've even done a proof of concept. So my $1,000 in a small goal, Barbara, was um, $1,000 to help 100 patients in Austin, Texas, and I'm done. I don't want to talk about cancer. I don't want, I don't want to do this. But I did want to do that one story, okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that 100 people has now turned into 41,000 souls. And it's all by word of mouth. I still have not to this day done um, professional marketing. Yeah, I saw that. And, you know, I wish I had known about you a couple of years ago when I had some friends who could have really used your your products. And I love that you also address men because one of my friends, he's a Vietnam and Gulf War veteran who's been through every form of trauma you can imagine from service proudly so, you know, it would do it again. But he also is a is a breast cancer survivor and has had surgeries. And a lot of people don't really apply the concept of breast cancer to men. So how did you connect with with the men who need this? Well, okay, so the men that they have their um their breasts removed. I know it's uncomfortable to say that, but it's basically their pectoral uh, yeah. muscle and fatty fatty tissue that we have uh, we're all uh, everybody has breasts but um so with with my solution i i made it so it was like silky soft feather soft because i couldn't even blow air on myself internal pockets to hold the medical drains why is that important drains are full of body fluids and that's not something you want to parade around with so i made it about comfort and dignity and then Velcro opening. So what the guys were using is bungee, filthy, dirty bungee cords from their garage. They'd sling it around their neck. <laughs> Dudes are they gross. Hold, <laughs> they hold the drains. Yeah. But guess that infection but can works. Yeah. So I made actually, I, oh, so I started off with the pink shirt. Okay, remember I'm rolling on my profits. That's how I'm building my business because there's no magical money falling from the sky. I wanted to absolutely do this like I was in high school or college or I'm 90, I don't have money. And so um, I would roll on it, but guess what happened? I started getting uh, men wearing pink shirts and they're posting on my Facebook, like, thank you for, um, you know, designing this solution. I don't have to wow. use my bungee cords anymore. I'm like, oh, dude, okay, <laughs> we're fixing this. So I made a blue, I made a blue heel and comfort shirt. I made a black and comfort shirt and guess what my intention was for the black one um in the uh arms it's the only color that's neutral i yeah. couldn't make it blue like you know navy i could not make it uh camo i could not make it you know you know the light brown i i black black is like special ops right yeah. so i made black and guess what Pew! i cannot believe all the men that wanted this black recovery shirt because they still look cool and i uh, joined with a male breast cancer coalition and they have a special outreach just for men and so um super blessed to work with that nonprofit, male breast cancer coalition so 
that's the story on how men got involved because it didn't really necessarily dawn on me that men can get breast cancer. I really didn't. I was in my lane. I was trying yeah. to help women have yeah. comfort and dignity. And then I'm like, the dudes need comfort and dignity too. And so it's been a beautiful um, collection of just souls, people that need help. Yeah. Wow. And you know, one thing that I noticed about you too, off the bat, and this is something I talk about um, in, in my lane, if you will, um, when, when I meet people who have gone through something or overcome something, it's interesting to me. I could tell a lot about where a person is in life by how they introduce themselves. And, um, you know, like you don't lead with, I'm a, you know, I, with, you don't lead with cancer, you lead with, with the solution you, that you had, you know, and there's a difference, there's a difference to that. It's not a, which isn't bad, right? It's not like a, like a shaming thing or whatever, but you know, I'm in the world of widows. And when I meet people who, who are, you know, 10, 15 or, or whatever it is, the first say, well, I'm a widow. Like that's, they still lead with, with something that's happened to them. Or, you know, I'm a survivor of trauma. I'm a survivor of this. I'm a survivor of that. I'm a divorcee. I'm a, so it's interesting in how people identify themselves. And all along the way, whatever you do, you introduce, you bring the solution first. Like that's how you, that's what you, you lead with. And the story comes with it, right? But it's not, it's not your spotlight. It's your, it's yeah, your path, really. You yeah. know, this is an important discussion because I, so some people will understand this, that I don't give it energy. It happened, but it's <laughs> not what feeds me night and day. Right. Solutions and growth and um, making the, leaving a campsite cleaner than when I came is my goal. So you're right. I would think, I would think the people that only are drinking that one bit of Kool-Aid are still broken, broken souls. Okay. And I think if they start thinking about it, that this happened to them, but this is what I'm doing about it. And that's where their identity is. I think they'll become a much happier soul, even though it's tragic and it's traumatic. Nobody's taking that away. And there's right. a time to bring right. that in. But I lead as I'm a cancerpreneur. I took a I love that a crappy thing <laughs> yeah, and made yeah. it into a great thing for others. And by the way, I had breast cancer myself. See? Yeah, I, I that it is such a differentiating factor. And again, it applies, I think, so strongly to in particular this past year that the whole world has really gone through. Um, and there's a lot of people who are, you know, their lives are forever changed. I mean, setting aside whether they lost someone to COVID or they got COVID, it's uh, it's the professional fallout and the depression and the, like all the ripple effects that are coming down the way. What, you know, what are your thoughts um, or what have you seen in the people who are pulling themselves and navigating this past year and flipping it to find some sort of alternate path that's working for them versus the people that you may see that are just stuck in the overwhelmed, oh my God, kind of lane. Uh, broken brains, broken yeah. uh, thought patterns, mind chatter of negativity. And you are what you you think. As a man thinketh, so is he. So there's no, there's no not recognizing the bad that's happened. A lot of people aren't here anymore. It's terrible. Okay. If I stay in that energy, I might as well just sit in a chair and wait till I'm 90. Like you have two choices. 
either be an overcomer or you get overcome. There's only <laughs> That's two. That's a good one. But there's only yeah. two. An in-between person still not overcoming, so you're still stuck in the mud, right? So when these things happen in, in life, I think you use them as building blocks to actually reach a different plateau in your own walk on this earth. Everybody has their own dance, their own journey, you know, journey. And I think that if you use good and bad as your stepping stones, nobody can steal your, uh, your experiences from you, right? And I believe in afterlife. So I believe what you do on this planet are like spiritual deposits that you live in forever. Einstein said, energy never dies. And as a believer, I'm a believer, is that energy that you're pouring into people with good intentions and good heart, you live in forever. That's your spirit body that you live in forever. That's how you get to be happy afterlife. See, because yeah. we don't have any proof that energy dies. There's nothing. So, right. Yeah. So what I'm, what I'm saying is get going. <laughs> get started today. If you're stuck, recognize you're stuck. It's okay. We're all on a journey. You can even be, uh, use being stuck as part of your gift to give to other people. We're all here to reach down and help our brothers and sisters up. And then guess what? Very next person, I reach up and they help me up. And then you reach down and you help them up. That's, what people, it. that's what people are. That's what how, they should be. Yes. I, more of it, please. <laughs> so how have you adjusted this past year? How has your professional routine um, or, or goals milestones, goalposts, whatever you want to call it, change or shifted? I um, was directly affected um, because surgeries completely came to, again, I help people are going through big surgeries. Okay. So um, they completely came to a halt. I um, Wait, breast cancer surgeries even came to oh a halt? Oh my gosh. They did chemical suspension. I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, can you imagine how hard it is for people that want something out of their body and they can't come in? Wow. It's wow. still living inside. I don't know I'm how I didn't know that. It, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. What it feels like is a terrorist that lives within. Yeah, imagine I, waking I imagine. up every day and knowing that this ping pong ball is still there trying to kill you. What wow. a, what a difficult journey that is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. So, All right. Go ahead. Then, Sorry. And then, no, it's okay. And then I'm, I'm a, um a product to market business so that means my products being made all different places um and nothing everything was a screeching halt and i still have hundreds of thousands of dollars out there were magically disappeared uh so it, it was a big hit it was a yeah. big hit but i i just really believed in my end goal and my end goal was i am a solution driven business and I will absolutely get this done. So the perseverance is like those doors slammed in your faces, like with the golf program, a thousand doors. So COVID is like, whoa, 10,000 doors slammed in your face. <laughs> but, but, you know, what do you do? You have two choices. You overcome it or you become overcome. And it's like a tidal wave can crush you and sweep you out to sea. Or you learn to get a surfboard and go surfing. Yeah. The, the, the tidal waves are coming, whether we want them to or not. They're here. <laughs> they're here. They're going to come tomorrow. It's okay. 
get your surfboard out. <laughs> I love it. And through this all, you're still just smiling. And I'm sure that there are days, you know, where the smile's a little harder to tap into, but um, overall the, the energy and the mindset and vitality that you bring is evident. And talk about what a game changer that whole mindset can be where if you, like for me, I met my tragedy and I talk about this with a friend of mine who, by the way, I definitely have to introduce you to, but, um, I, you know, I met my own trauma from a place of predetermined failure. Like I had already told myself if this one thing happens, it's like game over for me. Right. And that had a profound impact on how I dealt with it. Right. But you appear to be someone who approaches life with that opposite mindset. Was that something that you always had? Like, was there a time in life where you didn't like that wasn't your default to just pivot and say, okay, this happened. Let's, let's charge forward. Well, you do know, you do need to know when to cut your losses and get on to the next thing. You do need to know that, but I would have to say that um, I I just want to put in the vision of your listeners is um, okay. You finally make it to the um, hockey league. The best there is you have your big shot. The puck is delivered to you. You take a shot. It's blocked. You go off the ice. You take off your equipment. You go home. That's how sad it is when people think that they took a shot and they didn't get their outcome and they give up. And I think it's what, Babe Ruth, how many strikeouts? A-Rod, how many strikeouts to get to be the number one? You know, like, come on. You just have to really, really believe in your end goal. A burning desire, as Napoleon Hill says. Do you see your outcome that you're after? Or are you just living today to see if you can get through another day and maybe make another something positive happen? That's not a game plan. That's not a roadmap. You can't get there. You won't get there. You're just blind walking through it. Sometimes you'll trip over this and sometimes you'll make it. It's not a roadmap. It's not, you gotta, you gotta live the ending. You gotta feel it. So when everything starts going really wonky and crazy, it's almost like I acknowledge this and what I fix, I will fix, but I am going here and nobody's stopping me from getting here. Only I will be happy when I'm here, not there. Yeah. And if you if you really have confidence in your here, you won't be distracted by the there. Absolutely. You know, it's so basic and simple, but it's right on point. I have people that kind of still look at me and laugh. Like I'd personally rather crash and burn forever than never fly, you know, or like never take that chance. Um, cause for, yeah, so I would even change you know, that language. I'm not trying to be, but so yeah, that, yeah. That, that can never come out of your mouth. No, but I mean, in terms of, I don't care because I look at wherever I crash and burn, like the earth, I may scorch the earth with a failure, but something grows from it. Right. Like I don't, yeah. I don't mind the crash and burn because there's, there's growth after that. So it's it, it like, it clear in my mind, the burn just levels out everything that was in my way and the and the things that were holding me back. And for me, in that, I've always learned something. So so the next time, so the next time I go on, there is no crash, you know, or the crash is softer or whatever. But I've had some massive burnouts in my life. And yeah. I I not that I don't care, but 
I don't like, I know it could happen again, but I, I don't care. Like I'm going <laughs> to, you know, like I know I'm, it may not look like the way I want, but I, like, I'd rather go through that experience because for me, every time I, every time, you know, from the scorched earth, new growth happens. Right. And so I'm just, I'm ready for it. Like, I don't even, you know, brace for it, whatever it is. I just go. And other people will look at me like I'm just flat out crazy. Like, but you tried this and you had a reshift. I'm like, I didn't quit. There's a difference between quitting and a tactical retreat in my head. Yes. So, um, you know, while other people are like, oh, you quit. I'm like, well, I retreated from that because it wasn't my path. I'm yeah. going over here now. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, got to see your trophy. You got to see um, what you're putting after. Yeah. Yeah. Even in physics and, and even in, uh, you know, that's your quantum energy, right? And, and that is what you you are, uh, we're all connected. But even if you burn down uh, grass, what happens? New grass, nitrogens and things like that. So yeah. if you look at it as a stepping stone instead of a crash and burn, um, I really believe in the vibration of positive confession and prayer. So um, I mind chatter is toxic. It, it repeats itself almost like a Teresa over, over and over and over. You know, nobody else in your family's ever reached this level. Nobody else in your family's ever reached. They, they're dreaming. You're just dreaming. That's not who we are. That is toxic mind chatter that can poison the very cellular level inside your body. You will become that thing that yeah. you talk to yourself. And so when a bump in the road happens, say, well, how I cannot have that happen again is by doing this. And thank you for that experience. Yes. It's done. Don't dwell on it. Keep moving. Yeah. yeah. And the not dwelling, I think, is a hard part for, for well, it was for me, sure. And I and I definitely know a lot of people who who dwell and let that like kind of eat at them and create doubt instead of conviction, you know. Um, so lessons learned, moving on. I love all of this. I feel like I could keep you going for hours. But before um, I do let you go, I need to ask this one question. You know, we started American Snippets, and a lot of this is to your point, the mind chatter and what you become. We apply it nationally. You know, we started this about three years ago, really with just a vision and not entirely sure where we were going. But we knew for sure that we wanted to push back against the negativity in this country for the same thing. We wanted to change this country's mind chatter from all the negativity to some positivity, and now more than ever, that's really proving to be a need that's taking off. But one of those things that we realized was that people were pushing back against the notion of the American dream, saying it was dead, it wasn't available, it never existed in the first place, it's only available for this kind of people or that kind. Of. But we understand, especially as my husband gave his life in the military, right? I, it bothered me to see people giving up on the dream that he gave his life for, so I took it very personally. We understand the American dream is different for everybody, and that's the beauty of it. No one person has the same version of that American dream, and that's the whole point of it, of being in this country. So we like to ask our guests, and I'd like to ask you, what is your own version of that American dream? I, I believe the American, and thank you. God bless you. I mean... Wow, what a sacrifice. I mean, well, I didn't do it, but go ahead. Thank you for saying that. that that's your yeah. life. I mean, that. Yeah. thank you for not curling up in a ball and going in the corner. So I'm going to thank you for your okay. sacrifice. It takes a lot to do what you're doing. Um, but I believe the American dream that's common to all, because I always think about like this like, yeah, but. That I don't just be on this little island and what's good for you because you da da da, da. but I believe this with all my heart. And this is really why I'm even doing this interview. 
other than the fact that I love you, I think you're awesome, is this. I believe every single American citizen can build a side hustle. And we absolutely can make this country a role model to countries all over the world by our uh, inventive and innovative thinking. And what it means to me is actually not be in a depressed country where as a woman, I certainly couldn't talk about mastectomy. I have women from all over the world reach out that they won't even have the surgery because if they don't get married, they don't go to heaven. And if they get marred in their bodies, they're no longer desirable. So we live in the greatest country. And I believe how we can energize and bring the backbone again is small business. And so that's part of my standing on the roof or standing on the mountaintop and screaming, find your side hustle, enjoy your life, enjoy your dance. You are living in the world's greatest country. Even with all this upheaval, even with all this, you are, look at who even pioneered, you know, America. Of course, I'm First Nation, I'm Blackfoot. So I'm saying we did, but it's okay. I'm just saying that we made property, you make live off the land. And, and then, you know, the, the um, it's like we're a huge melting pot of brilliance and we just need to have the stepping stones to have your small business while you're going through your big business life. I believe it with all my heart because even if you had a not so much fun job, if you had your side hustle, you can't wait to get home and do something that's passionate to your heart. Can you imagine if every human being, uh, all our American citizens had their fun side hustles and they're getting rewarded for it, making money? That's what I really believe. You're in the country where you can do this. I love that. Awesome. What's the next side hustle in your mind that's taking root and festering? Oh, that's a good question. So with my shirt um, solution, that's a physical solution. I'm now bringing technology that the shirt will be scannable. And when you scan with your smart device, you'll be able to connect to um, the world's most powerful platforms to help you navigate through cancer seamlessly in the privacy of your own home, including telemedicine. And I'm bringing in an augmented reality. So my big thing the next big thing would be, let's think of somebody at two in the morning, they're raging in a fever. What happens? Or they don't feel well, whatever, after surgery. Uh, remember, I also help, you know, stroke victims and uh, heart surgery and organ transplant. So they, they can scan it and call up their doctor and have an augmented reality visit by the doctor beside your bed. The difference is people that are unwell, think about organ transplant. They get in a car, they bump along the road and they do what? They go to the emergency room and they sit and do what? They sit and sit and sit, okay? Because we don't have the infrastructure. Baby boomers are getting older. People need stuff. So I'm going, in my mind, I already have the technology I'm partner with, startup, that you can scan my shirt and you can connect to global platforms, clinical trials, communities. You'll never be alone. You'll never be alone. So the shirt actually talks now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that, so if I have the shirt on, is it one universal scan or does it scan to me? 
Like, does it have my universal? Yes. One universal. Um, I put you in platforms, but you could even put in your doctor portal. So you have, uh, excuse me, you have access to your portal. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's called envision Eli technology. I'm a percentage owner and I jumped on this because I wanted my next fix, my next solution to be more in technology. Because I love, I love the technology aspect of what it can do for us using the AI systems and IBM Watson. And so this is what patients do. They Google themselves to death mm-hmm. on Google. They look at dreadful photos that will maybe never be part of their life, but they're fixated on what Google delivered. Nothing against Google. I love Google. But they're fixated <laughs> on what maybe not be the best delivery or encouragement yeah. because they're just Googling. So now we have hand curated over a billion dollars available to every breast cancer patient from all over the world on a little, it looks like a QR code. So it opens up, it opens up and, and delivers. In fact, your listeners can go on my Instagram, Sherry B. Matthews, and one, they can get my flip book for another maybe 24 hours. And two, I have my technology there. Eli technology looks like a QR code, but when you open it up, you can text it to yourself, send it to a friend, help anybody anywhere in the world for free. There's no hooks and grabs. It is added value. It's making my one solution into a massive solution. So again, on Instagram, you can follow me there um, and go look at it, grab it for free, get my flip book, and, and if I can bless you, get you energized about innovative thinking, I'm your girl. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm definitely going to include the link to those pages uh, in the write-up that we'll do, you know, for yeah. for this podcast episode. So uh, everyone listening, it's Sherry, uh, Math- Sherry B. Matthews. Is that where you are on Instagram, right, Sherry? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sherry, and it's C-H-E-R-I-E. Um, yeah. One T on Matthews. Yep. So yeah. Um, Go ahead and look for that. And if you want the link, just hop onto the article uh, associated with this episode on our website, American Snippets. And I'm going to pop those links up there too. Sherry, what you're doing um, is incredible. Like your, <laughs> your reach and your impact is going to go so far. And even just taking that person who's in that moment and helping them focus on, again, forward-moving solutions instead of what if, what could or just feeling disconnected. And there's a difference between going in chat rooms, right? Because chat rooms, people get personal, they unload their stories and their despair and all that. And that's not always like a positive experience uh, to go. So what you're offering people is that just, hey, like you're catching them before they fall, before before they go down and you're going to ward off. I imagine, man, when you start hearing back Say, however, down the road, when you first start getting feedback from people who are able to use this product that you're putting out there, I can't even imagine what that's going to feel like for you, but I hope it feels as awesome <laughs> as it sounds. Thank you. I, yeah. um, uh, I'm i going to, I guess, what, what when is this going to air? Uh, probably soon. What is it? Prob- I'll probably drop this one next week. Okay. So you let me know, text me, because what I'm yeah. going to do is put it on my Instagram, the code, just for you. Perfect. Perfect. And people can just take their smart device, go to the Instagram, yeah. put your phone in camera mode, just like you do for scanning anything, yeah. and put it on the code, and then $1 billion worth of IP 
other people's uh, intellectual property platforms um, will be available to, you can share. So sometimes you don't know how to help a breast cancer patient. Yeah. And yeah. Um, now you can very easily. And if they're having surgery, Heal and Comfort is my name of my company. Honored and happy to help. So. Yeah, awesome. Sherry, thank you again so much. A, for all you do. B, for sharing your energy and your insight with, with me directly today and with our community here very soon. I can't thank you enough. Thank you for the great honor. All right, everyone, there you have it. That wraps up another episode of the American Stippets podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today and spending a little bit of your time with us here on the show. I'd like to personally thank Sherry B. Matthews for being here as well and sharing her incredible story. If you want to learn more about Sherry, just head on over to americansnippets.com forward slash newsletter. It's the featured podcast episode of the week. Check out the show notes, re-listen to the podcast interview, watch the video interview, and we'll also include some social media links there that you can use to follow Sherry on social and learn more about her and her company. Uh, if you got any value out of today's episode, please share this podcast with a friend and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. If Apple's not your thing, you can always use podchaser.com. Great place to listen to podcasts and you can leave us a review there as well. Make sure you follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at American Snippets. And don't forget, we have our Great American Syndicate. I've mentioned this to you numerous times here on the show. Uh, we have a brand new platform and membership community. It's a kind of like a social networking uh, community just for Great American Syndicate members. It's really awesome, super cool. There's tons of value inside. And I wanna encourage you to check it out and join by going to greatamericansyndicate.com. This is essentially a coalition uh, community of of patriotic, freedom-loving Americans who believe in America, believe in the American dream, believe in the core values that this country was founded upon, and just a community of patriots who are standing up against cancel culture and the woke mob. So again, if you believe in self-ownership, liberty, individualism, personal responsibility, and the importance and power of giving back, then make sure you check out The Great American Syndicate. And that pretty much wraps up today's show. Appreciate you being here today. Now go out there and show the world how exceptional you really are.